Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo. Uh. Yo. Uh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we about to party. We bout to party, unrestricted, just got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space pump and make them bounce now, flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. This is AEW All Elite Wrestling's Unrestricted, Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards. Hi, hello. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I love that uh, before this started, you were frantically looking for your dog because Bug has to be sitting with you. Otherwise, it's not an actual podcast. Well, what happens is, is that if I don't bring him up now, he'll come up in the middle of the podcast and he'll want to jump up on his throne. He can't jump up there by himself because he's old. (laughs) His throne. (laughs) I would have to drop the headset, go over and pick him up. So he's here now. That's good. So much for Bug. We are here to talk to the man with the most educated feet in pro wrestling, Bobby Fish. How are you, Bobby? I'm doing good, sir. Thank you. You made your debut when you challenged Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. Quite a debut. How about that? Yeah, I figured um, why come in quietly when you can uh, make a lot of noise and cause some commotion. It's a pretty great way to do it, especially on our second anniversary show. It's kind of making a little bit of a statement, if you could. But then uh, you have the match. Excellent match, by the way. Thank you. It's announced that you're now part of our wonderful All Elite Wrestling family. So congratulations on joining the wonderful team that we are. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's truly been a pleasure to come to work here. The time's been brief up to this point, but like I really I couldn't have enjoyed it more than I, I have so far. It's been wonderful. So who approached you about the match with Sammy? <laughs> it kind of came together uh, out of nowhere. Tony and I had a conversation and uh, I was excited to see what Sammy did um, in that match with Miro. And then I, I knew the um, anniversary was coming up and Sammy's a, a young guy, ton of momentum, ton of talent, ton of potential. And I mean, all these things just piqued my interest. And then it was like, okay, TNT title. I don't know. What more could you ask for? Great fan response when you came out. How'd you feel about that? Being in AEW right now, knowing the company is just hot right now. It's just hitting home runs. So to be in that lineup, you know, to have a spot in the batting order, I'm grateful. I know that I'm fortunate. I'm motivated. More than anything, I I am motivated after being there for a couple of weeks. Like I am just guns blazing, ready to go. I couldn't be happier. 
one of the things that particular excited me about your debut like it was already exciting enough to see you there i've been a fan of you for a long time since you know back when you were tagging with kyle o'reilly and red dragon but one of the things i really liked was hearing your entrance music and it was your same entrance music that you had from ring of honor is that something that you had requested is that just something they'd come to you for like how how does something like that start where it's like oh hey you have the storied career before you were at nxt and now we're just gonna like bring it back little bit of uh, circumstance, maybe serendipitous in a way. I got really accustomed to that song and where I, I was and it was time for new music. Like parting with that was difficult because I was just so accustomed to it. Obviously became accustomed to what we were doing there as well. So when I knew this was coming up, Adam Cole had, I loved I, and continue to love Adam's new music. It's so good. It's so good, right? Yeah. That being said, I was like, I don't know. Do I get new music? What's it going to be? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, to think then Jeff Jones actually was his suggestion. And I was like, you know, I, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I do remember loving it. And yeah, it just made sense. So we did it. As soon as the first chord ripped, you know, it just felt like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> just like uh, like putting on a good pair of jeans. We're talking with Bobby Fish. And, and instead of just going into the when it happened, how it happened, what, when you talked to Tony Khan, sold AEW to you? Probably the fact that I didn't feel like he was trying to sell it to me. Right. He has such confidence and he's such a fan of wrestling and you can feel that in the conversation. He's excited. He's motivated. He's in a hurry. Yes, he is. <laughs> it was infectious, you know, and, and I don't know, I had heard whatever, you know, good things prior to the conversation, but it was like all of those things that I was expecting or suspecting just seemed to be there. And it was like, and it was quick. But it was it was genuine. And I think that was probably what sealed it for me was just like, man, I don't, I don't think this guy's BSing me. And, and if he is, he's like one of the world's greatest BSers. And um, there's value in that, too. <laughs> yeah. He's BSed all of us, if that's the case, because we all love the guy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we're all just having the wool pulled over our eyes. Yeah. Well, I think we're all having the time of our lives. Is that's the case? I'm OK with it. Yes, me too. You had a great, great match with Brian Danielson on Dynamite recently. What are your thoughts on your renewed rivalry, I guess? Man, it, it's been like 10 years or more since Brian and I um, had a match. Always been a fan. We traveled when I was very young in the industry, uh, working for Pro Wrestling Noah. Brian and I traveled a bit together in Japan, where when you're traveling there in particular with people you know, you kind of tend to bond a little bit more, I want to say, because it's so isolating. Brian and I always got along. And there was just kind of this weird chemistry. Then we ended up crossing paths on the indies with a company called Evolve. Like I said, maybe more than 10 years ago, we were very different performers then, but obviously some things are still similar or the same. And Man, was I looking forward to that when I saw that it was announced. I couldn't be happier with the way things went. So much so that like I want to run it back because Brian's 2-0 and on me right now. And um, that doesn't sit well. 
That doesn't so. <laughs> it's pretty apparent that Tony Khan will bring in people that he knows will have great matches on TV. That's what you had with Brian Danielson. It was absolute great match. Now, you have a lot of friends, I know, in the AEW backstage in the locker room that you knew from the Indies, from Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, NXT. Were they surprised to see you? I think so. I think some maybe, I don't want to say expected it, but were hoping. Right. But you never really know. I mean, I don't have to tell you, Tony, you you know this industry and you'll go. What's really crazy about it, and I, I think it's probably pro wrestling thing, but like you will spend four or five years seeing the same few people weekly and then you'll go 10 years and not see that person because you've moved somewhere else or they've moved somewhere else or whatever the case. So to see some of those faces again, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's hard to keep a secret. (laughs) It it really is. I mean, it's just crazy. We sold out the United center based on a rumor. On a rumor. I mean, it's it's very <laughs> difficult to do that. So, yeah, I know. I'm sure you tried to keep it a secret up until you you sent out that uh, tweet, but I know it was very tough to do. I did the best I could. I hope that was uh, at least appreciated. It was tough, especially like when it's something that you're so excited about. And it's like I yeah. want to share my success. I want to say hi to all my friends I haven't seen in years and yeah it's it's super tough i didn't know to be honest with you i didn't know you were coming until i did the interview with sammy guevara on roads to the top after he had won the match and he mentioned your name and he mentioned the tweet that's the first time i'd heard you were coming in i tried to stay under the radar on on rumors you know sure that was good i, th- I thought it was very good it was a very good interview and it worked out very very well i'll tell you what i mean and i don't know if there's a method to the madness here but like that is authentic without trying to produce it. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And if it's by design, it's a brilliant move. Tony does that. I mean, he really tries to kayfabe. Mm -hmm. Just give you an example, going back to CM Punk, we had the meeting, our phone meeting about the the whole format. And he kept saying special guests. Mm -hmm. And one of our production people said, so when Punk has the entrance, he went, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Who said anything about play? It was just like the day before. So yeah. anyway, it was it was a great surprise, I thought, to have you here. Uh, the match with Sammy Guevara, a spectacular match. It really was. We talked about your match with Brian Danielson and your debut, but I'm sure you're very happy about the way the Sammy match all turned out, the way it played out in the ring. It was really cool. Yeah, I, Tony, I, I, I am happy with, with all of it at the moment. Yeah. I don't want to be too high on my horse, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how things have been. Go ahead, fella. Be high on your horse, right, Aubrey? Yeah. I mean, you've got these great matches under your belt. It's just the first of many with us, right? Setting a good tone for uh, what people can expect from Bobby Fish in uh, AEW. I know we've talked a lot about, you know, your short time with us so far, but coming up, we're going to be talking a lot about how you got into wrestling and your background and all of the wonderful things that make you, you. This is AEW Unrestricted. Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards here with recent signee Bobby Fish, the wonderful, amazing Bobby Fish. So you were trained by Tony DeVito and Harley Race. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Tony DeVito was the guy who, like, trained me to do this. He was the one that took me from walking to running, and um, he's the one that got me prepared and then helped me get my first few bookings. And then Tony was actually working in, in ring of honor at that time. So 
I was one of Tony's guys, you know, you know how that goes. You go to the shows, you set up chairs, you do whatever. And I was quote unquote, one of Tony's kids. So talk about your uh, first time meeting Harley race. Obviously he was somebody I watched as a kid and anybody who's a fan of the industry knew the, the name and even just his whole appearance, his voice, his, all of it, it, you know, it was Harley race. And all of that was still intact when I met Harley, but it was uh, tremendously humbling. I, I met him at one of his camps. Noah was there scouting for talent. It was Harley and, and his connections there that got me seen by them. And then uh, got me on my way to Japan for the first time, you know, first trip of what ended up being many. I'm so grateful. Have any Harley race stories you can share? Harley was always uh, very quick to like cut through the BS. And I, I really enjoyed sometimes, especially in those camp settings where, you know, somebody would be corrected and weren't necessarily good at accepting their correction not that they were saying like no it's not that way but just giving an explanation and harley based on i'm sure his however many years in the business at that point would just you you wouldn't even get started with the excuse (laughs) he would just cut it off and it would end there thankfully and probably save a lot of time for the camp itself and for uh anybody who was who was there and the poor victim I guess, for lack of a better term. <laughs> the victim. <laughs> yeah. But like Harley would just, yeah, who's a straight shooter? So you started in 2002 in the Northeast and you worked as Jerk Jackson? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Who came up with that name? <laughs> All right. So let me see if I can condense this story so that we don't spend the rest of the time on this. But so Jack Johnson was on the radio. I was driving to Tony's warehouse or whatever that we were we were training in at the time which was like a hour and a half from me jack johnson was on the radio i got there tony informed me that day that i was going to be working the following weekend an independent show and that was kind of out of nowhere i didn't know that i was ready he then brought up the idea of names and i was like and i never really thought about using bobby fish i used like came up with some other last names and then by the time we got 15, 20 minutes into the struggle of trying to come up with a, a work name, I thought about that song on the radio and I was like, I don't know, man, I'll be friggin' jerk Jackson or something. <laughs> Unfortunately for me at the time, Tony's eyes lit up <laughs> and he was like, that's it. That's who you're going to be. So then I kind of went with it because that was also like, it was a name that you, you weren't going to forget or <laughs> You know, it would at least be memorable. It is definitely memorable. Yeah. So what was the wrestling scene like in upstate New York and the surrounding areas when you first started in 02? Bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Upstate New York specifically, like Albany was real bad. I don't live there anymore. I don't know exactly what kind of condition it's in now, but I know at that time it was pretty bad. You had to get outside of it. You had to travel. I was fortunate. Like I said, Tony was working for Ring of Honor. So there were a lot of people in similar situations. The Northeast was a little bit hot and Ring of Honor was getting hot. Gabe Sapolsky, you know, was doing his thing. And um, so the networking that got done on a lot of those Ring of Honor trips 
I think helped me way more than I realized at the time. You know, at the time, oh God, we just drove this many hours and I'm not even, I don't even have a match and I'm not getting paid and blah, blah, blah. And I'm setting up chairs. But honestly, it got me exposed to seeing guys like Brian Danielson and Punk and Samoa Joe for the first time. Like I, until I saw Samoa Joe, I had never realized because I'd been doing martial arts since I was eight years old. I had never realized you could blend martial arts and pro wrestling in that way. Joe was the first guy that I saw like doing it in a way that blew me away. Right. And obviously Brian falls into that same sort of direction. And uh, so, yeah, that early stuff. And then, yeah, just trying to gobble up bookings and, and having a guy like Tony who knew his way and was able to say like, Hey, whether it's 10,000 people or 10 people, if you have an opportunity to be in the ring with an opponent, you can learn something, even though you, you know, don't want to sell yourself out and not get money, but it's a learning process for sure. I love it. Like just hearing stories of, I went to this show and set up chairs. And then that's how I met all of these awesome people that brought me all of these amazing opportunities. Like it's just the little things. I love it. So you started touring in Japan, I think 2006 for pro wrestling. Noah, mm-hmm. had you been a fan of Japanese wrestling? I would have been if I was more aware of it, but I I really kind of wasn't at that time. Like I didn't know that Noah was because at that time, Noah had become like the big company because the mass exodus from, I believe it was all Japan of Misawa and Kobashi and all these big names, hence the name Noah, like Noah's Ark. It was a mass like exodus. I didn't really understand all that stuff, but to get that opportunity, I thought I would want to, I wanted to wrestle in Japan. So I went to Harley's camp and it was to go stay in the dojo was what was advertised. So when I got information, you know, that I was going to head over, I thought it would be like a three month stay in the dojo. That's what I was prepared for. But when I got my flight itinerary, it was for like three weeks. So I was like, I don't understand. And I called Harley and Harley didn't, know exactly either but he said just go and you know and then when i got there i found out that they booked me to work like they were going to pay me and i was going to wrestle like i so i flew in the first evening we were at corican hall and on tv that night like i had my first match that night on samurai tv or whatever was carrying them at the time and it was like (laughs) yeah be ready to go (laughs) always be ready so 2012 you debut in Ring of Honor. You had a long reign as the world television champion there. You and Kyle O'Reilly were uh, three times tag team champs. Talk about your your time in Ring of Honor because you had a lot of success there. Yeah, I feel like because of the roots with Tony and stuff there, I always kind of had this unfinished chapter when it came to Ring of Honor. So then when I got established a bit more and there was an opportunity to go back to Ring of Honor, obviously a very different Ring of Honor than the one I had known when Tony was there, but ring of honor, nonetheless, and things seemed to come together. I took full advantage of the opportunities that I had there. And then when Kyle and I put the thing together, that would eventually become red dragon, man, I I don't know. I don't know that ever in my career, things have clicked as quickly and as efficiently as things did at that time. And I feel like there was like a, two or three year run there where I don't know anything was was possible we were just clicking on all cylinders all the time it was so much fun 
No, I I remember going back watching a bunch of your stuff, and I'm just like, man, these guys are so fucking good. Uh, 2014, New Japan, through Ring of Honor, Red Dragon defeated the Young Bucks, super awesome, in the Super Junior Tag Tournament. Great, fantastic match. Was that the first time you ended up working with the Bucks? Not the first time. Uh, we had worked with them with Ring of Honor before, and now with my memory not being the greatest in the world, like if I think back, there was a time that I worked the Bucks way back on a Ring of Honor pre-show, and it was me and I want to say Silas Young. These were like, pardon the the pun, but they were like the young young Bucks because they were they were truly young at the time. But yeah, the, as far as me and Kyle, that was probably not the first time, but one of what turned out to be quite a few. And they were all just such a blast. 2017 begins your NXT career. Had you had a trial with the WWE before then? Um, I had a couple flirtations, tryouts. Uh, one I remember was in the Meadowlands and I did really well, but then things didn't come through. And then I did a dark match way back when, when I had first started with Noah. I remember I worked Harry Smith and that was in Rochester. Wow. There was another thing. I don't remember. I know that like when Tommy Dreamer was doing some of talent relations and when Dean Malenko was doing some talent relations stuff, I had two encounters that I thought went really well, um, but then it didn't come through. Yeah. When that last time started to surface, things fell into place correctly, you know? Right. I guess the timing, timing is, is kind of dictates all of it. Kind of always just comes down to timing. So join NXT. You've got your buddy Kyle there. Mm-hmm. Join Roderick Strong, Adam Cole, you guys become Undisputed Era, arguably one of their biggest and most successful factions in many, many years, I would say. Like, you guys just had a fantastic fucking run. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. What was it like working with Kyle and Adam and Roderick? I mean, it was like never going to work. You know, it was like going to hang out with my buddies. And they, uh, some of the production people would joke with us like, man, we do it in one or two takes, which was true. But we did it in one or two takes because it was literally just hanging out, riffing with my buddies. I mean, my, you know, these are three of my best friends. So there was nothing fabricated about it. It was easy and fun. Is that, is that why you guys worked so well together? Because you were buddies, you think? Or was there something else? I, I think that's one of the bigger, yeah. And we've all had similar paths and we knew each other as well as we did. Not to mention we knew each other's backstory in similar ways we were similar guys and similar journeys and and not willing to take no for an answer and you know there's not one of us that's over six foot and you know we're not the prototypical you know what you or at least it would be suggested they're looking for we all had a very all cut from very similar cloth and just being such good friends chemistry was was instant and and real you had mentioned when watching Samoa Joe it was like the first time it clicked for you to blend fighting with wrestling and you yourself had trained as an MMA fighter so what inspired you to kind of go down that path when I was a kid I I loved ninjas (laughs) (laughs) Bruce Lee was another big kind of thing that caught my eye were uh, nice enough to get me into martial arts. My first one was Taekwondo because Taekwondo 
being something different, but I didn't know the difference at the time and neither did my parents, but it got me into something at least that looked like what I was spending all this time watching. And yeah, that's, that's kind of what got me off and running. And I don't know, martial arts is like, it's just something I'll, I'll always do and it'll always be there. It's part of who I am. Talk about your first MMA fight in the Octagon. It was in Albany, Albany, New York, right? At the armory there? Yeah, I did some amateur um, kickboxing. And then when MMA was coming around, like there were these pop-up companies very similar to independent wrestling where it's a little bit of the wild, wild west. So you got rule sets that were different. So a couple of them were like modified kickboxing where there was some grappling allowed and it was in a cage, but yet full grappling on the mat was not, I don't know, it depended on the promotion, but those were just, for me, it's like, you know, you spar in class and then you spar some outside of class, help people get ready for some fights. And then eventually it's like, okay, well, I don't know, might as well do it. (laughs) It was a chance to scratch that competitive itch again because i played football and and lacrosse growing up so there's a competitive part and there's a performance itch there's a competition itch and every once in a while that competition one just needed scratching at that time i was in a position where i could do some of those and, and so i did how has your uh your mma training and experience influenced your wrestling hugely I think in the beginning for everybody getting into pro wrestling, it's imperative that you learn pro wrestling, you know, classic pro wrestling with a little bit of, you know, shoot, because that's where the, the roots of pro wrestling come from. And it's imperative that you understand that stuff. But then once that foundation is laid, I personally think it's your time to then look at what makes you who you are and see where that stuff can blend in. For me, Muay Thai is just such a a home for me and such a, you know, shadow boxing Muay Thai and stuff is like, it's like Zen. It just became obvious that like, oh, I need to do more of this in my pro wrestling. And as I've progressed with Muay Thai, even just training, I've found things like the clinch, and just different Muay Thai combos and applications that like there's a way to make them work in pro wrestling. It's a little bit of trial and error because not everything does. But then there's some things that work well. And and that's what I think I try to focus on and bring as much of that into my game as I can. Well, it's fan Q&A time. Bobby Fish going to answer your questions coming up on AEW Unrestricted. AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Tony and Aubrey here chatting with Bobby Fish. We've got lots of awesome fan questions. First question uh, comes from both Ref Aubrey on Twitter as well as Schizello. Can you share your mustache care routine? (laughs) Well, my girlfriend's a barber, which helps immensely. Oh, you're cheating. I could not (laughs) take care of this grooming on my own. There's no way. What did you do before the girlfriend? I don't know. It didn't look as good. (laughs) I had bald spots and problems. (laughs) I don't know. We, uh, we use like an oil. Then we have like a bomb that goes into it. (laughs) And lately there has been this wax and, uh, it's great. 
it's it's really it's like what put the finishing touch on it and uh, makes it really quite manageable at this point. This is such a dude answer to the question. There's a balm and an oil and whatever. Like, I don't know. It just, she makes it work. <laughs> and a wax. And yeah, I get it. Uh, let's see. This is from uh, Scotty Blunts. <laughs> Scotty Blunts wants to know, what did your buddy Adam Cole say when you showed up in AEW? He didn't say anything to me. <laughs> we haven't talked yet. <laughs> There's a lot of us backstage, man. We're all a little busy. Yeah, it's a lot going on, man. He's hanging out with his girlfriend that Tony's not hanging out with anymore. And there's all this. Yeah. Adam acts like he doesn't know me. <laughs> Got a question from Uncle Buddy. If I'm an upstate New York lad, can Bobby talk about his time in New York trying to get into the business? How quickly did you get out, I guess? Because you had mentioned that at the time, Albany was sort of dead. The pro wrestling I knew was... Obviously, Hulk Hogan and the stuff that you saw in New York. And then it was actually the stuff that Tony was doing. Like, I was a big fan of Tony was one of the voices that I heard repeatedly in my childhood. I was a huge NWA Crockett years fan before it switched over to WCW. And even then when it was WCW. But I had no real awareness of what the indies even were. And the same thing with like, Japan and stuff. I knew there was wrestling in Japan, but that was the stuff that you would see. And it was kind of cool this way too. Like you would see in the wrestling magazines when I was a kid, just pictures of like the road warriors winning these huge trophies with ribbons hanging off of them and stuff. And Dr. Death, Steve Williams, like winning some tournament, but it was like this far off land. And it was almost like your imagination did the work. More so than, you know, being able to actually see this stuff. So upstate New York, there wasn't a lot. You had to really, I was fortunate in that Tony had networking that I could lean on and that got me started. And then it was on me once I started to get within that network to create my own networks. Yeah, upstate New York, not necessarily a hotbed for independent wrestling. Okay, uh, this is another question for our guest, Bobby Fish, and that comes from Disposable Assassin. There are plenty of you out there. <laughs> are you interested in a player-coach role at AEW? And if so, is that something you've already spoken to Tony Khan about? I'm interested in anything that AEW might be interested in me for. If there's something that that maybe I don't necessarily see for myself that they see, like I'm open to any and all suggestions. I do see coaching or producing or, or something in the future. If, if that possibility presents itself, I'm certainly open to it. I mean, I, I think that that's an opportunity that that excites me as well. We got so much young talent here. I think it's the progression that and in and of itself is exciting to me to be able to pass on. Some of what I uh, learned that I haven't forgotten. <laughs> this is a question from Who Better Than Phil. What was your favorite match in Ring of Honor? What was your favorite match in NXT? And what are you looking forward to most at AEW? Okay, well, first off, Phil, I can answer your first question. I'm better than you. <laughs> Who better than Phil? Bobby Fish, better than Phil. <laughs> but I'm bum. There you go. You like that? All right, Tony. That's a dad joke. But anyway, so my favorite match in Ring of Honor, there are two that stand out to me. I mean, obviously, some of the stuff that uh, Kyle and I were able to do with the Young Bucks was awesome. 
But then I have two singles matches, one with Jay Lethal, one with Silas Young that we did towards the tail end of my time there that I, uh, two of them, I, uh, those two, I, I really enjoyed. I think I had three with lethal that I, I really enjoyed. Um, and then as far as NXT, Kyle and I had a match with none other than FTR mm. in NXT. That was, it's hard to pick just one favorite, but that one, I remember really enjoying any of the war games matches because you know i don't want to beat a dead horse but because we're all such good friends to be in there on such a big stage in that match that i grew up watching when i was a kid watching the horsemen be synonymous with and then we had an opportunity to be synonymous with this incarnation of the war games and i don't know you give me another 30 seconds i'd probably come up with five or six more <laughs> okay so any matchups in aew you're looking forward to well, we just checked one box. Danielson, right from the word go, I was like, I really want to get a chance to wrestle Brian again. And that happened. Um, and now I want to run it back. So I don't know. Maybe that's one of them that I'll never get sick of doing. But yeah, I mean, I would love to uh, wrestle the Bucks. I need myself a partner to do this. I would love to wrestle Adam Page. He was somebody that... Uh, I wrestled back in Ring of Honor days and he's grown so much. And dare I say, I have, I don't know, any and all comers. Give me CM Punk. Give me John Moxley, Darby Allen. I don't know. We have quite a few. Robbie Duran wants to know, was it hard to leave NXT, especially since your tag team partner is still there? Do you still talk with Kyle on a regular basis? Kyle, yes. Kyle and I still talk. We are definitely still close. Like we said at the top of this conversation, pro wrestling is strange in that way where like you see some of the same people daily or weekly for X number of years and then things shift and you don't see that person anymore for a little while. But you never know when you're going to cross paths again and what that frequency is going to be. And we'll see. I feel like Kyle, Adam, Roddy, myself. However many years we've all had in, in the wrestling industry, we've all found a way to cross paths repeatedly. Love it. Question from Jesse James Jobin. Do you prefer wrestling solo or as part of a team? Do you ever see Red Dragon getting back together? I love them both. Whichever one you're doing at that time, you get accustomed to. And then you, you almost forget, at least for me, you almost forget what it's like to do the other one. So you start to think like, oh, this is what I do. And, and I can't see myself being other than this. But then, like I'll say now, I'll put myself three weeks in or however long it's been with AEW and I've done nothing but singles and I couldn't be enjoying it more. And I love like the fact that like I'm able to, I'm able to bring forth more of myself and I don't have to shoehorn it in because I have to bring more of myself or else, you know, the plate isn't full where when I was teaming, whether it was Red Dragon or the Undisputed Era and there was four of us, like I was being asked to give less of myself. When you saw a little bit less than what I'm bringing now, it's not because it wasn't there or it went away. It's because I was that wasn't my role. I was fitting my role. And now my role is to work as a singles competitor. So you're going to get, you're getting all of it. You kind of touched on your favorite match in Ring of Honor and in NXT, uh, but put it all together here because Nat Hyong wants to know, in your opinion, Bobby Fish, what was the best match you've ever had in your wrestling career? 
Ooh. The matches with the Bucks, is, it just has a special place for me, and it always will. But it, if we're going to – I'm going to focus at singles because I think that that's more of the question. Right. I had a match with Shibata in New Japan for the open weight title. I really enjoyed – it had the pomp and circumstance around it, and it was very – storyline driven and and we knew where where we were trying to get things and it was a big match and i really just enjoyed that one well i've really enjoyed this conversation with you bobby thank you for joining us today on this podcast and taking the time out of your day to tell us a little bit about your backstory and whatnot well thank you guys for listening and requesting the interview to begin with it was my pleasure you can follow Bobby on Instagram and Twitter at the Bobby Fish. That's one word, the Bobby Fish. And don't forget to get this unrestricted podcast wherever you get your podcast for free. The video version is on YouTube. Just search AEW Unrestricted and leave us a review or a comment if you'd like. I know a lot of people read those comments. I don't. But I'm sure Stacy, our producer, does. <laughs> But anyway, you can leave them anyway if you want to waste your time. Stacey could just wade through them all. And while you're on YouTube, you can watch AEW Elevation and Dark on Tuesdays and Mondays. Reverse Elevation Mondays, Dark Tuesday. You know what I mean? We're, a lot, we're on like every night of the week. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Wednesdays, you've got Dynamite on TNT starting January 5th. We're going to be on TBS. And then Rampage on Fridays on TNT, where you can see all of these wonderful people, Tony Schiavone and Bobby Fish both kicking ass and taking names in their own respective ways. I'm Aubrey Edwards, and this is Tony Schiavone, AEW Unrestricted, signing out. Bye-bye. Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted, got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space pumping, make them bounce now.